said to me that there was someone that is beside a dead woman. And then the Spirit of God begins to say to me, tell the person to increase the volume of the phone and place it right beside the dead woman. And as the testimony was eventually going to enter, and the person said that as soon as they heard that, meanwhile, few hours before the time, their mom had just been confirmed clinically dead. Clinically dead. The doctors had confirmed and they were lamenting. And it didn't make sense that in the middle of that kind of pain, that their sister was listening to a prayer going on on the phone. But as soon as the word of knowledge came, she increased the, 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 the volume and placed it right beside their mother. And the prayers were going on. And put the husband in the ICU. 
Yeah, yeah. 
Palazzo, me come on a mess. Oh, Missou, he cried, Tuanamo, what God is telling someone something. Like now, things are very hard for you, but the Lord is saying, and I was and I was Jesus, thank you, Father. Thank you for the opportunity to come to your presence once again tonight. Demonstrate your power in our lives. Show yourself mightily. Let us be equipped in Jesus' precious mighty name. Amen. Let's go. 
Are you ready for tonight? Yes, sir. The power of God will knock some devil down. Yes. Some wizard, necromancer, sorcerer standing in your life. The power of God will knock them down. In the name of Jesus. of Jesus. Is there a God like our God? There is none like you, O God. To you alone belongs glory, honor, and power. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Are you ready to fire prayer tonight? Are you ready yes, to pray sir. with me? Are you ready to pray I'm with ready. me? Are you ready? Say in the name of Jesus, oh God, my Father, establish your covenant of longevity. And wealth in my life. In the name of Jesus. Open your mouth and fire prayer. Come on, somebody can call in and join me as we fire prayer.
Listen, listen, and listen well. God willing, Sunday's coming soon, 31st. If you are around Kumasi, you can join us in Kumasi to cross over in SRM. If you will be coming, let me know. You want to cross over with us? Join me in Kumasi. Join the major prophet in Kumasi. If you are in Accra, you can join him in Accra. If you are in Kumasi, you can join him in Kumasi. But let me know if you are coming to Kumasi, let me know. If you want to cross over with us, I will be around to you. Join us and be a blessing. It's going to be a prolific night. I hope Edu Ben, you are coming. With the Amanya Catcher, what now? I'm a puffer womba. Oba puffer womba. Send an up, baby. No, Listen, 31st night is a covenant. You enter into covenant, and the one who leads 
you to cross over is also very, very important. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. So if you are coming to Kumasi to join us, let me know. Aduben, hope you are coming. Because you have to come and do certain things for your father. My most trusted source. You must cross over with where your spiritual covering is. It's a covenant night. Are you ready to take this prayer? Oh, fire prayer. Somebody say covenant. Listen, you may not enter into covenant anyone, but your parent may have entered into covenant with different men or different women before they give birth to you. Because of that, there are traces that are still following you. We are going to pray aggressively that any covenant as a result of our prayer that is still following us in the mighty name of Jesus, let those covenants be broken. In the name of Jesus, say my father, my Lord, any covenant tracking my destiny as a result of the disobedience of my parents. Oh God, my Father, I am extricated. I am delivered. I am exempted. Let your covenant of exemption be made manifest now in my life. In the name of Jesus, open your mouth and fire for you. Shabba, 
Zuka, 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 Bye, 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 Hayo, Ayo, 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 I 
Yeah. 
special grace of God, all the five sessions has been published. So all the sessions about covenant I have published them. Once we were praying, I was still working on it. It is done. Part one, part two, part three, part four, part five. And all of these things are just the, 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 the five sessions. They are all foundations. I have not even talked about covenant yet. But tonight, 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 the door has been opened. Yes. Now I can talk about covenant. Hey. My God, I hope you have your toughest year, yes. your sweet year. Tonight, I'm talking about covenant. Some people think I'm not still going to teach it. But I'm going to teach it. My God. Thank you, Father. We pray Holy Ghost doesn't divert. Yes. Covenant. What is covenant? What is covenant? Carol, 
Okay. What is a covenant? We talk about covenant, non-covenant. What is a covenant? What is a covenant? There is a man who is a theologian. He is called Wayne Grudem. Wayne Grudem. Now he defined a covenant that a covenant is an unchangeable. Oh my God! Tonight people will be blessed. Hello, gracious God. Please, who is that? Gracious God. Say hello, Pastor George. Hello, gracious God. A covenant, according to Wayne Grudem, a theologian, he said, a covenant is an unchangeable, divinely imposed, an unchangeable, divinely imposed, legal agreement between God and man that stipulate the conditions of their relationship. So this is an agreement. It cannot be changed. And it is divinely imposed legal agreement. Now, the moment you hear the word legal, then you know that it is law. It means that you cannot just break it. It is governed by laws. Legal agreement between God and man. That stipulate the conditions of their relationship. Are you ready for tonight? You have been waiting for it. You have it. So, in other words, God is the one who establishes the condition of each of these covenants. Man is not able to negotiate or battle with God in terms of what is required of this covenant. Each of these covenants is unchangeable. However, one covenant can actually be replaced by another covenant. I hope I'm not moving fast. Each of these covenants is unchangeable. However, one covenant can actually be replaced by another covenant. Example, we saw Abraham. God entered into covenant with Abraham. In the time of Isaac, we saw what happened in the morning when I was teaching where Isaac went to a different place. Then the Bible says that suddenly he began to see visions of the night. 
He had an encounter with God and God appeared to Isaac. And God said, I am the God of your father, Abraham. So anytime somebody have a covenant, it can be replaced by another because Isaac also encountered God and there was a new covenant set with Isaac. But that new covenant traces back to the covenant of his father. And when Isaac had the covenant, the Bible says Isaac built an altar unto the Lord, made sacrifice and called upon the Lord. So covenant and altars and thrones. Are you following? Okay. So each of these covenants is unchangeable. However, one covenant can actually be replaced by another one. The old covenant is now replaced by the new covenant. It is not changed, but it is replaced. Are you following? So another definition of covenant. A covenant is a binding contract between two parties, both of whom have obligations. Please, can I take it well? A covenant is a binding contract between two parties, both of whom have obligations specified in the covenant. A covenant is a binding contract between two parties, two or more parties both of whom have obligations specified in the covenant. So the moment you begin to engage in covenant, you are not just engaging in a covenant. You have something to do. You are obliged to do something. And that thing you are obliged to do, it is specified in the covenant. Are you following? Now, when we see the covenant format of the Old Testament laws, it had six parts to it. Number one, the covenant of the Old Testament laws had six parts to it. Number one. Number one, preamble. Preamble. Are you writing? The six parts of covenant in the Old Testament preamble. Number two, prologue. Number three, stipulations. Number four, witnesses. Number five, yes, preamble like that, yes, Debbie, yes. Number five, sanctions. And number six, document clause. Prologue is is not prolonged. Prologue, log, L O G U E. So number one is what preamble. Number two, prologue. Number three, stipulations. Number four, witnesses. Number five, sanctions. And number six, document clause. 
Did you get it? So that is, those are the six parts of covenant, preamble, prologue, stipulations, witnesses, sanctions, and document clause in the Old Testament. Now, when we say preamble, you all know preamble. The preamble identified the parties of the agreement. So before we agree to enter into covenant, it is the preamble that identify the parties of the agreement. Number two, the prologue. The prologue gave a brief history of how the parties became connected to one another. How they came about. That is the prologue. We are talking about the Old Testament, the six parts of covenant. Number three, the stipulations. The stipulations are the individual laws themselves. Now, don't bother yourself with this too much. Okay, you understand later. So don't, don't bother yourself. The stipulations are the individual laws themselves. Number four, the witnesses are those who will enforce the covenant. So, in case that the covenant is supposed to fail, when there is a witness, they must now enforce it to happen. Are you following? So the witnesses are very, very important. Number five, the sanctions. The sanctions are the blessings and the curses that function as incentives for keeping the covenant. So in every covenant, there are sanctions. And the sanctions has two parts. Number one, the blessings. Number two, the curses. So if you go against the um, 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 what you are obliged to do, if you go against it, you will be cursed. If you fulfill it, you will be blessed. Are you here with me? Are you learning? So those are the sanctions. The sanctions are the blessings and curses that function as incentives for keeping the covenant. So anytime we set covenant, people will see the sanctions. And because there are sanctions, it will create fear for people to go against the covenant. Please, are you here with me? Am I, am I, am I, am I, am I helping you? Are you, are you learning? I hope you are not confused. Are you learning? So the sanctions are the blessings and curses that function as incentives for keeping the covenant. So anytime you go against the covenant, 
you will be accursed. Are you following? Yes, sir. Yes. And the last one is called the document clause. The document clause is the provision for regular review of the covenant so that it will not be forgotten. So the document clause is the provision for regular review. Anytime you want to remind you of the covenant, you have the word of God, the Bible, the Old Testament, the New Testament. It is a document clause. It is the provision for regular review of the covenant. It reminds you we have a covenant. It is called the document clause. Now, understand these basic things before we head to deeper things. Now, when you go to the Old Testament law, which also became a commandment and which also became a covenant. There were certain laws and it has been categorized. Number one, the Old Testament laws was a predictive law. A-P-O-D-I-C-T-I-C. A predictive law. Now, these are the foundation. Understand it before we move on. Now, when we say a predictive law, it usually begins with do or do not. So, for God to establish a covenant of his commandment in the Old Testament, it contains an predictive law where you have the do's and the don't. And these were commands telling the Israelites what they need to do to fulfill their part of the covenant with God. So God is not only going to do something for the Israelites, but the Israelites had the part to play. So it is called a predictive law. This is what you would do, and I will do this. Mm. Number two, group of the Old Testament laws. It is called casuistic law. C-A-S-U-I-S-T-I-C. Casuistic law. Now, remember, these are laws or these laws are case by case. And these laws constitute a large portion of, of more than 600 commandments found in the Old Testament as a Pentateuch law. None of these laws appeared in the New Covenant. And what we can learn from this law in the Old Testament is that we will appreciate the demonstration of God's fairness and redemption that he granted to us. 613 laws, God bless you. In this law, we often get a glimpse of the character of God. But this one, it is not seen in the New Testament. We have, we have other ones that I'm going to mention. We have the food laws. 
And this loss has to do with the protection of God for the people of Israel. Most of the fools prohibited were more likely to carry disease or were uneconomical to raise. So we had laws that govern even food. Like we are not supposed to eat this one, but this one we can eat it. And there is a law called the law about the shedding of blood. That anytime somebody sin, they have to sacrifice something with blood. Then their sins will be forgiven. The next one, unusual prohibi- prohibitions, is also a law. And this refers to laws such as do not mate different animals. So those laws govern them to a point that you cannot, the Lord was instructing them that you cannot use a dog to meet a monkey. Are you getting it? Or do not plant your field with two kinds of seeds. And the inspiration of these laws came from a desire of God to set his people apart from the Canaanites. The Canaanite believe in what is called sympathetic magic. The idea that symbolic actions can influence the gods of nature. God could not bless his people if they practice this kind of nonsense. These laws help lead the Israelites away from a religion with no salvation. And the unusual prohibitions... These same laws govern the people of Israel from serving other gods. So if you can remember when I was teaching about the sanctuary or the tabernacle, you remember I told you that the golden menorah, it was hewn from one ball of gold. You cannot take a part. Say, Bianca, yes, seven prongs now, seven candlesticks now, and a lampstand now. But they been a person. So this falls under the law of unusual prohibitions. Where you cannot add two things together, you use one. So you do not use different animal to mate another animal, a different animal. The same way you cannot serve two gods, only one God. So God said that law that man will know that they can serve only one true God. Unusual prohibitions. Are you following? Yes, sir. Okay, so now I hope you have the understanding about what a covenant is. Now, what are the different types of covenant that God made with his people in the Bible? The different types of covenant. We have two. Are you ready? I want to make this teaching very simple for you. We have two. Number one bilateral covenant bilateral covenant now this covenant is conditional and the idea here is that both parties are under some sort of agreement if you will and both parties have to hold up their part or their portion if you will of this conditional covenant so it means that this is bilateral when we say something is by what how do you understand it by is what 
buys what? Two. God bless you. So it means that this one, it involves two parts. It is not only one. So this type of covenant, it involves the two parties. Are you getting it? It is called bilateral covenant. And it is conditional because if you do not fulfill your part, I cannot fulfill my part. If I do not also fulfill my part, you cannot fulfill your part. So each one of us, we must fulfill something. Please understand this one well so that when I begin to teach you certain things, you how to start, uh, how to establish covenant, you will know it and you will understand it. Okay. Some people have entered into covenant with me. Example. And that covenant is partnership. Are you following? Now, that is a bilateral covenant. You know that? It's a bilateral. They are saying that I am a pastor. They are members. Are you following bilateral so it involves two parties two parties bilateral covenant so some people have entered into covenant with me pastor george every month i am going to give this amount of seed to support you as a man of god pastor george i'm going to give this amount of money to support srm it's a different thing remember you have you can covenant with the church and you can covenant with the man of god so now what people do is that those people that are in partnership with me, they, are cov- they have entered into covenant with me. That Pastor George, we want to support you. And we don't even call it support. We call it an, op- an opportunity, 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 opportunity. Yes. So some people see this one as conditional it is conditional because now number one if you don't pay as you have promised me every month or every two weeks or every week the angels and the covenant governing the man cannot also work for you now are you following so if either part 
party fail to meet the stipulations of this covenant, then the covenant itself is null and void. So that is bilateral covenant or a conditional covenant because it is conditioned upon whether one or both parties fulfill their stipulations. I hope I have talked about stipulations so you know stipulations. I talk about stipulations, you remember? And China can stipulations once and I'm ready. Preamble, prologue, stipulations, witnesses, sanctions, and document clause. That's why I said anything I'm teaching, please take good notice of it because so two parts. What are the different types? Sorry, what are the different types of covenant that God made with his people in the Bible? Number one, it has been categorized into two bilateral covenant, which is conditional. God will enter into covenant, Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 9. I say, my covenant of unfailing love will continue even to a thousand generations. But this covenant will only go to those people, number one, that love me. Number two, that keep my commandment. So you see that this one is bilateral. You will never enjoy the benefit of the covenant until you to you fulfill your part. Are you learning, people of God? Okay. Number two. Unilateral covenant. It is called unconditional covenant. This is the idea that normally one party, which is normally God, makes a promise or a covenant that says, Hey, I am going to do this. I am going to fulfill my part of this covenant and this promise to you, even if you don't do anything back in return. Even if you are faithless, I will still remain faithful. Oh, you didn't shout glory here. It is called unilateral covenant. So all the covenant we can talk about, it has been categorized into two. Bilateral covenant and unilateral covenant. What is bilateral covenant? Bilateral covenant involves two. Or, yeah, two people. Or two group of people. Now, these two groups, each one of them have to fulfill an assignment. It means that everyone has to meet a stipulation. If one party fails, it will not work. Now, so it is conditional. It is based on a condition. If that condition is not met, the covenant cannot work. And there are some covenants that are also unilateral. It means that one person may fulfill his part, and that is all. And this covenant normally goes with God and man. That God can promise that I will bless you. You need not to do anything. I will bless you. And surely you will be blessed. Yeah, kwa no no. Yeah, the tiabeti na ne cha no no. 
Are you following? Okay, our next question. How were covenant made in the Bible days? This one will give us understanding when we're about to establish covenant. How were covenant made in the Bible? Hmm. Do you know the Hebrew meaning of covenant? And do you know the Greek meaning of covenant? The Hebrew meaning of covenant and the Greek meaning of covenant are these. Hebrew is berit. Berit. And the word berit is from the root word that means cutting, to cut. To cut something. And in Hebrew, there are two major types of covenant. Number one is obligatory type. And number two is promissory type. Now, if you have the understanding about the bilateral and the unilateral, where will you put the obligatory and where will you put the promissory? Let me see if you are learning. Obligatory will be where? You are obliged to do something. Hmm. It will put where? Obligatory, you are obliged to do something. It will be put where? Bilateral, God bless you. It means that you have something to do. Ah, my people, you are learning. God bless you. And the promissory will be put where? Oh, my people are learning. Unilateral, God bless you. So as simple as that. So in the olden days, the obligatory covenant was has got to do with the Hittite. You know, we have the Jebusite, the Perizzite, the, the Wanwanzite, and the Hittite. You know the Hittite? Yes. So the obligatory was common with the Hittite people. And it deals with the relationship between two parties of equal standing. So this one, maybe we want to enter into covenant. You must not be bigger than me. And I must not be bigger than you. So if we are on the same scale, then we enter into the, the covenant. So that you cannot cheat me, I cannot cheat you. Are you following? And that each one of us is obliged to perform their duties. If you fail to perform your duty, because you are not bigger than me, I can attack you. Or I can hold you responsible if I perform my part. Are you following? So it was common with them. 
in contrast, the promissory type of covenant is also seen in the Abrahamic and Davidic covenant. I'll talk about that one. Promissory covenant focus on the relationship between the suzerain and the vassal and are similar to the royal grant of legal document, which include historical introduction, border, delineation, stipulations, witnesses, blessings, and curses. So this one, it has got to do with the time of Abraham, where God will promise them, Mema wase adore, meyese meyese eye promissory, meyese eye royal grant. Okay. Somebody say, but Pastor John, what is royal grant? Royal grant is when maybe a servant is serving a master. Mm -hmm. And if the servant becomes very loyal, the master will now reward the servant for his loyalty. Did you get it? So those are promissory covenant. In royal, the master will reward the servant for, for being loyal. Wow. There be what you just add it down. Aha. Now, as part of his covenant with Abraham, God's covenant with Abraham, God has the obligation to keep Abraham's descendant as God's chosen people and be their God. God acts as the suzerain power and is the party of the covenant. Oh, you read CRS in SHS. Oh, okay, that is good. And is the party of the covenant accompanied by the required action that comes with the oath, whether it be fire or animal in a sacrificial oath. And in doing this, God is the party taking upon the curse if he does not uphold his obligation, which is not possible. God will always fulfill his part. Through history, there were also many instances where the vassal was the one who performed the different act and took the curse upon them. In literal sense, a covenant means a binding agreement, a legal contract. It is a seal between two or more parties. In a biblical sense, the word covenant derived from the same root word meaning to cut. This means that in the culture of the Bible, covenant carried weight and was often cut or sealed in blood. Mm. So I said the meaning of, of covenant in Hebrew is berit. Obiaye confused. Don't be confused. Me breaking it down. What? Obetiase foundation there, yeah. But me breaking it down. Me breaking it down. What? What? You know, prolific. I'm. I am. I am one of the best pilot you can ever. I. I will pilot you safely. Don't worry. But just simple, 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 simple. You have the best pilot. You'll be safe. Now, berit means to cut. And in Greek, in Greek, it is called diatike, which means to cut. 
So every covenant, there is a cutting point. Are you following? There is a cutting point. Mm. So now you, you know the sixth part of covenant. You know the Old Testament laws. Apodetic law, casuistic law, the food laws, laws about the shedding of blood, unusual prohibitions. You know that one too. You know what a covenant is. You know the different types of covenant. And you know the Hebrew kinds of covenant, which is also linked to the types of covenant, bilateral and unilateral, promissory and obligatory. Okay. And you now know how covenant are made in the Bible. Okay, so let me go to how covenant are made in the Bible. So covenant means berit or diatike, which means to cut. Now, anytime there was going to be a covenant in the Bible, please listen and listen attentively. You will take an innocent blood, innocent animal, sorry. You will take an innocent animal and they will cut that animal into two equal parts. They put one animal on one side and another animal on the other side. And then each of those people, after making the covenant, will pass between the two pieces of the dead animal with basically the assumption that if I do not fulfill my portion or my responsibility in this particular covenant, then my life essentially will be like this dead animal. Are you following? So, this is how they cut covenant. Ah, we're about to cut covenant tonight. But we will not use animals spiritually. There is a lamb provided for us. Listen, they cut animal. Now, when you go to your, now, can I can I can I come to my lane and begin to teach my God? Since you know the foundation. Now, in your family, this is how people go or enter into covenant with people. Anytime they want to enter into covenant. Now let's read something in Genesis chapter 17, verse 1. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. I will make a covenant. People of God, are you seeing it? Verse 2, I will make a covenant with you by which I will guarantee to give you countless descendants. There is a guarantee on covenant. If you covenant with prolific, there is a guarantee. If you covenant with your church, there is a guarantee. There is a guarantee that the Lord will set over those covenants. At this, Abraham fell face down on the ground. Then God said to him, this is my covenant, my God. This is my covenant with you. I will make you the father of a multitude of nations. This is God telling man, this is my covenant 
with you. This is my covenant with you. I will make you the father of a multitude of nations. What's more, I am changing your name. It is no long, it will no longer be Abraham. Instead, you will be called Abraham, for you will be the father of many nations. I will make you, I will, I will, I will, I will make you extremely fruitful. Your descendants will become many nations and kings will be among them. This is the covenant of God for Abraham. I prophesy if Abraham, if you are a descendant of Abraham, then you are part of this covenant. May that wrong negative name you carry be changed. May you be part of kings in the name of Jesus. My God. I'm about to feel fire. Anything fighting your royalty, that thing die now. Anything fighting your royalty, that thing dies now. In the name of Jesus. A lot of people are making note. I love that. I will make you extremely fruitful. Your descendant will become many nations. And kings will be among you. Now listen. God didn't say, you make a covenant with me. God said, Abraham, this is my covenant with you. This is my covenant with you. So God wanted to make a covenant. This one, it was not obligatory. It was promissory. God was promising him. This one was not even bilateral. It was what? Unilateral. God said, I want to do this for you. You need not to do anything. I want to do it. Then Abraham said, Okay, let me continue here in verse 7. I will confirm my covenant with you and your descendants. So listen, God did not establish covenant with Abraham. He also established covenant with his children, his descendants. My God. The prayers you are praying, the altars you are building, the covenant you have been engaging yourself in, the partnership you have joined, the church you have been supporting. Listen, it is going to be that eternal covenant for your children and your descendants from generations to generations oh somebody just sent me a seed josephine prepared the lord bless you in the name of jesus this is the everlasting covenant i will always be your god and the god of your descendant after you my god i didn't know this is this is god speaking on he said this is the, the everlasting covenant. I will always be your God. Even if you fail, I will... May God enter into covenant with somebody here. My God, I will always... Do you understand that word? I will always be your God. Even if you doubt me, I will always be your God. Even if you reject me, I will always be your God. My God. Even if you sin, I will always be your God. This is serious. This type of covenant is dangerous. The covenant of God for, 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 for Abraham was serious. I'm telling you, that is why we are all linked to Abraham. May you begin to enjoy the benefit thereof. I will always be your God. The God of your descendant after you. And I will give the entire land of Canaan. It's part of the covenant too. 
is part of the covenant is part of the covenant the benefit listen and i will give the entire land of canaan where you now live as a foreigner to you and your descendant it will be their possession forever and i will be their god hey then god said to abraham your responsibility okay so the beginning god began to say this then we now entered into a place where we call the mark of the covenant then god said to abraham your responsibility is to obey the terms of the covenant so if god would have left it at verse 8 then it means that it was promissory and it was unilateral but now in verse 9 we saw that no it is no more promissory it is no more unilateral but now it is bilateral now who can show me why it is bilateral in verse 9 let me see if people are learning who can now show me let me see why it is now bilateral why it is now obligatory in verse 9 genesis 17 verse 9 then god said to abraham your responsibility abraham had a part to fulfill god bless you exactly then god said to abraham your responsibility is to obey the terms so now we know that covenant has what terms is to obey the terms of the covenant you and all your descendants have this continual responsibility he and his descendant now be careful here it means that abraham may what obey god is wise so he didn't say that you alone so that when his descendant come and be like you didn't tell us to also do it so we are supposed to enjoy god will be locked there and god will go against himself what is not possible so god said because the promise is to you and your generations or your descendant the same way god bless you and he will not is it granny Annie? wow the lord bless you i've seen a seed the lord bless you god bless you louisa louisa is shown the lord bless you i've seen a seed wow the lord bless you wow this is the covenant that you and your descendant must keep. You and all your descendants have this continual responsibility. Verse 10. This is the covenant that you and your descendant must keep. Each male. So now he is telling them their terms. God has now made the promise what he's going to do for them. Now he's also telling them in verse 11 what they must do. You must cut off the flesh of your foreskin as a sign of the covenant between me and you. Hey. So now we know that covenant have a sign. And here the sign they were looking for is that God said they should cut off what? Their foreskin. You must cut off the flesh of your skin as a sign of the covenant between me and you from generations to generation every male child must be circumcised you see there's the second one 
Number one, cut your foreskin. Number two, from generation to generation, every male must be circumcised on the eighth day after his birth. So you see, you see, you see the mark of the covenant. If he failed to do this, God can choose not to fulfill his part. Mm. Are you following? So that's how covenant work. Bilateral. This applies not only to members of your family, but also to the servant born in your household and the foreign-born servant whom you have purchased. All must be circumcised. Your bodies will bear the mark of my everlasting covenant. So that's the mark of the covenant. They must bear it. Any male who fails to be circumcised will be cut off from the covenant family for breaking the covenant. Hey, my maker has a mention. Anything that Bushebu Aoka Obiye won't be ayatina from home. Are you now getting it? Because listen, there are some families. Everybody, there is a certain mark at their back. Some of them at the back of their neck. They have three markings. Every child, because a pump is a covenant, and anybody that is part of the covenant must also be marked like that. Oh, you are not hearing me. So when you see certain marks, certain signs on people, don't take it for granted. There are certain people, they have certain marks on their skins because they are linked to a covenant in their family. Are you learning? So the reason why many people are practicing this is because God started it. Any male who fails to be sacred will be cut off from the covenant family. So the, the person will be part of the family. But for the covenant family, you'll be cut off. It means that we have a covenant family. Ah, my partners, we are a covenant family. Encounter people, we are a covenant family. Oh, yeah, Logabadimanaya. And because you are fulfilling your part monthly, you cannot be cut off. Covenant are powerful. Hey! Now, let's jump to verse 20. 17 Genesis 17 verse 20. As for Ishmael, I will bless him also. Just as you have asked, I will make him extremely fruitful and multiply his descendants. He will become the father of 12 princes, and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant will be confirmed with Isaac. God is careful. Although you have your own way. You have given birth to Ishmael. My mom's family, they have marks on their cheeks, but I learned my dad didn't allow them to cut mine. So you, you, you see that. So he said that, as for Ishmael, Ishmael is not, the, is not the covenant child. And the Lord said that, I will bless him. I will do all these kind of things with him. Listen, you can be blessed, but to also be a covenant child is another level of blessing. Because he said, I will bless him. I will bless him extremely. I will make him extremely fruitful. 
I will multiply his descendant. Nevertheless, my covenant, verse 21, my covenant will be confirmed with Isaac. Hey, who will be born to you? And Sarah, about this time next year, when God had finished speaking, he left Abraham. On that very day, Abraham took his son, Ishmael, and every male in his household, including these born there and those he had bought, then he circumcised them, cutting off their foreskin, just as God had told him. Abraham was 99 years old when he was circumcised because that is the requirement of the covenant. Everybody should cut himself. People of God, you are a joker if you enter into covenant and you do not fulfill it. You do it anyhow. No. He, he told them, look, look at all. He told them that on the eighth day, you shall. Listen, on the eighth day when you give birth to a child, the child is supposed to be circumcised on the eighth day after his birth. If you are supposed to fulfill your covenant, the covenant of Titan, if you are supposed to fulfill it on the, on the first week of the month, and you shift it to the third week of the month, and you do all kinds of things before you bring God his own, Listen, you have failed. Am I teaching you about covenant? Are you learning? Mm. Abraham was 99 years old when he was circumcised. And Ishmael, his son, was 13. Both Abraham and his son, Ishmael, were circumcised on that same day. Along with all other men and boys of the household. Whether they were born there or brought or bought a servant always circumcised with him why because the requirement of the covenant is that everybody is supposed to circumcise himself people of god the requirement of the covenant must be fulfilled lest god relent and your covenant deal you miss
Thank you, Father. I'm sorry, I had some emergency. Okay, I'm back. Where were we? <laughs> Where were we? I had some emergency I had to attend to. Where were we? Amen. Tachima for Felix. So they will cut. Now we were the, the issue of Abraham and Isaac. So that is how God entered into covenant with Abraham. Are you following? Now, when you read Genesis 21, verse 1, the Bible says, The Lord kept his word and did for Sarah exactly what he had promised. Ah. Are you following? Now, the funny thing is that God gave Abraham a son and still tested him with that same thing, that he should sacrifice his son, Isaac, in Genesis chapter 22, verse 1. This is serious. So, you see, Entering into covenant, there are a lot of things involved. A lot of things involved. So now understand that when God appeared unto covenant, when God appeared unto Abraham to enter into covenant, you remember what he did? God started making promises. And Abraham got angry. He said, God, you have said all of this, all of these things. How is it going to happen? Genesis chapter 15. Are you ready to understand the covenant? Some time later, the Lord spoke to Abraham in a vision and said to him, Do not be afraid, Abraham, for I will protect you and your reward will be great. But Abraham replied, Oh, sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? Since you have given me no children, Eliezer of Damascus, a servant in my household, will inherit all my wealth. You have given me no descendant of my own, so one of my servants will be my heir. Then the Lord said to him, No, your servant will not be your heir, for you, have, you will have a son of your own. Who will be your heir? Then the Lord took Abraham outside and said to him, Look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That is how many your descendant will be. The sign of a covenant. So now, God now also gave him a covenant and he gave him a sign. That this will be the sign, the stars. That your descendant will be like the stars. The Bible says that in verse 6, chapter, Genesis chapter 15, verse 6, and Abraham believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. 
Number seven. Then the Lord told him, I am the Lord who brought you out of air of the Chaldeans to give you this land as possession. But Abraham replied, oh, sovereign Lord, how can I be sure that I will actually possess it? So listen, he's entering into covenant with God, but he wants to be sure. But the Bible says that Abraham believed in God and it was counted to him for righteousness. Now he is telling God, how can I be sure? Oh, Jesus. You are not the only person who doesn't have faith. Though. The man was counted righteous because he had faith. Agnes Jemfiberko, God bless you. I have received a seed from you. May your seed speak for you in the name of Jesus. Hey, what is happening that I'm teaching and people are sending seed, 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 seed. Wow. The Lord bless you. May your seed speak for you in the name of Jesus. Agnes Jemfi, the Lord bless you in Jesus' name. Wow. My people are growing up. We are teaching and they are sowing seed. Amazing. <laughs> I'm even surprised. And I'm, and I'm excited that people are maturing. It's serious. May the Lord bless you all. Okay, so now let's know how, let's see how God entered into covenant because that is what we are learning. How were covenant made in the Bible? That is the next point. The Lord, listen, then the Lord told him, I am the Lord who brought you out of the air, the Chaldeans, to give you this land as your possession. Verse 8, Genesis 15, verse 8. But Abraham replied, Oh, sovereign Lord, O Casado, I said, My work can you know me who show better men who say, I said, My work can I am pa. But do it, you saw me timber puffy. What my mother do a chapa. Oh, I got you, I said, My mother said, And Stroma, and then they me, I said, My work can better my jelly said, Bebem. How can I believe what you are saying? How can I be sure to put my trust in you? Verse 9 The Lord told him. Bring me a three-year-old heifer. Listen, there is a requirement for the covenant. I will tell you the element of every covenant. I will teach you that. This one said, I need a three-year-old heifer. So listen, if you are supposed to destroy the covenant, if there is a covenant in your family and we want to destroy it, that is how, this is how I'm going to teach you. Are you following? Are you ready to learn? If it is your family covenant, that maybe they use a three-year-old heifer or an animal to sacrifice on the covenant. That's what we will do. This is free for you. You go to the market and you calculate the price. These are spiritual things. Yeah, <laughs> Calculate the price, the price range of that animal, maybe three years. Calculate, ask them the price, the value of it. Now, gather those things as your seed of covenant. Then, that thing they did in the family, eh, fast on it for that same number. If it is maybe 70, don't go and fast for 70 days. <laughs> be led by the Spirit. As I will be jesus christ be led i get in the use prophetic numbers maybe three days seven days 14 days 21 days use those days 
Now, one best days you can use to fast to break a covenant is three days. It's a covenant of the Trinity. It's a covenant of resurrection. You involve God. You involve God, the, the, uh, the, the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Three days, don't eat anything but drink water. Then, another one you can do is seven days. Six to six to break a covenant. But during those times, make sure you raise some seed. Remember, there are requirements of covenant. If you want to break it, we don't break covenant. But we can break negative covenants. But those with God, you cannot break it. You can renew it. Are you getting it? Yes. God said, I will, I will, renew, my, I will renew my covenant with your son, Isaac. Okay. So the Lord told him, bring me a three-year-old. So you calculate the price. You put it together, you fast on it three days, you pray on it, then you sacrifice that thing on a on a burning altar. Altar where she may found cotua sorry there be a moon. Oh, fana de cotua sorry there mo moon pempire or moon cartons a while like fako baby. I when nam put it there and say that I build a covenant. I enter into covenant. Sorry, I build an altar and enter into covenant in the name of Jesus. A three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. Three, three, three is nine. A turtle dove and a young pigeon. One, one. So Abraham presented all this to him. So have you seen the requirement of that covenant? Why would God need all of these things? Because that is the requirement. So Abraham presented all this to him and killed them. Then he cut each animal. Please follow me. He cut, he cut each animal down the middle and laid half side by side. It, when you kill the animal, they put one side on left, one side on right. He did not... However, cut the bears in half. Some vultures swooped down to eat the carcass, but Abraham chased them away. As the sun was going down, Abraham fell into a deep sleep, and a terrifying darkness came down over him. Then the Lord said to Abraham, You can be sure that your descendants will be strangers in a foreign land where they will be oppressed as slaves for 400 years. But I will punish the nation that enslaves them. And in the end, they will come away with great wealth. As for you, you will die in peace and be buried at... Oh, Jesus. Hey, can God enter into covenant that you will die at a good old age? It is possible to enter into covenant with God. That in our house, nobody will die young. It's a covenant. It takes sacrifice. Are you people learning? Oh, thank you, Father. You remember that the people of Israel also went into slavery. They went, they became strangers in a foreign land. And they oppressed them as slaves for 400 years. You remember? And God punished the nation. So it was not that they did something wrong. That's why they went to slavery. Although the Bible will say it. But this one was part of the covenant that your people will go into slavery. Everything has been planned. 
Are you following? And the Bible says, in the end, they will come away with great wealth. Ampa, omo banu nyame momo koboro omo day, omo gold, omo omo diamond, omo chains, omo koboro ni nyade buy. So God made sure that his covenant is fulfilled. And as for you, you will die in peace. Hey, the covenant you're about to enter is a covenant that will help you die in peace. A covenant that will help you to be buried at a ripe old age. Hey, we're about to enter into covenant. After four generations, your descendant will return here to this land. For the sins of the Amorite do not yet warrant their destruction. After the sun went down and darkness fell, Abraham saw a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch pass between the house of the carcass. So the Lord made a covenant with Abraham that day and said, I have given this land to your descendant all the way from the border of Egypt to the great Euphrates River, the land now occupied by the Kenite, the Kenizzite, the Kadmonite, the Hittite, the Perizzite, the Raphite, the Amorite, the Canaanite, the Gigashite, and the Jebusite. The Jebusite. All is given to you. People of God, this is how God entered into covenant. Genesis chapter 15, you read all. This is how God entered into covenant with Abraham. And God allowed light like a torch pass through the halves of the animal. So how do people enter into covenant? Let us come to our own way. Now I have explained to you. Now you have understanding now. I hope you are blessed. How do people enter into covenant in your family? Now, they partner with higher power. In higher power, why would people enter into covenant? This is how they do it in your father's house, in your mother's house. They, they will visit a shrine or a place. And when they go to that shrine, the requirement is that maybe they must sacrifice a pregnant woman every year. Maybe they must sacrifice a little child every year. So in the family, every year somebody dies. And if you calculate the age they die, that is the same people every year. Are you ready to learn these things? So when you check your family, the people dying every year, they are the same category of people. Every month, somebody die in the family. Every three months or six months, somebody pass away. And if you calculate their years, it is the same. Because that is the demand of the covenant. And some family too, they take people who are rich or wealthy. The moment you become rich, they will take you. Just like that. If the Lord does not help you, you will struggle. But thank God for these teachings of covenant. My God. Are you learning? People of God, it is very, very important for you to understand some of these things. Otherwise, you will struggle without help. But thanks be to God, your eyes are opened. Now, when they are cutting covenant, it is an agreement between two realms. 
Now, your family members, the wicked ones, they will consult higher powers. Those higher powers may be spiritual wickedness, may be sorceress, necromancers. Am I talking to somebody? Now, they will consult this man, and this man will also ask them what they need before they provide that thing for them. In the family, somebody will be like, I want to be powerful in the family. That when I speak, hey, Jimmy, say, Jimmy, wait. Every year, you are killing people in the family. Some, somebody said that in the family, I want to be the only rich person in the family. And they will require that every year, this man will bring something in the family. And that thing must also come with blood. So every year, if you are not strong, you see the altars calling you because the covenant says that every year somebody must die on the altar. May it never be you. In the name of Jesus. Are you following? We're about to fire prayer. Thank you, Spirit of God. Covenant. covenant you are exempted you are exempted in the name of Jesus you are exempted in the name of Jesus you are exempted in the name of Jesus So they will make sacrifice. What are the purpose of covenant? What are the purpose? Why do we enter into covenant? There are many reasons, but I will give you five. Number one, relationship or trust. Do you know that marriage is a covenant? When people agree to be together as husband and wife, it's a covenant. Relationship and trust. So the number one reason why people enter into covenant is because of relationship. Or trust. Because when people enter into relationship, they need covenant that covenant become a mandatory for the man and also for the woman you cannot just leave the marriage like that i heard that in the u.s if you leave your wife they will take all your things and give to your wife it's a covenant that if you leave her we will take all your property and give to her so why will people need a covenant they need it so that it will guide the relationship that you will not enter into relationship with me and say that we break who break you say 
so that it can also influence trust. I can believe that this company I am going to enter into relationship with, I have trust with them because there are laws that is going to govern us. Hey, me no be partner. She said I was a human. Unye biem, unye biem say. So unye biem, you have to pay the penalty. God bless you, Michelle, for your seed. May the Lord speak for you in the name of Jesus. May the Lord speak for you in the name of Jesus. May money continue to amount in higher form in Jesus' name. May your wealth grow and increase in Jesus' name. God bless you for the seed. Are you following? covenant so relationship it guarantees that the relationship is safe and secured i can trust you because there is a covenant that says that if you break it you have to pay one million us dollars and you wouldn't break it because a it is governed by laws number two protection and security reason why i people enter into covenant is because of protection and security now i talked to you about nato i said what is nato nato is what nato mm -hmm. north atlantic treaty organization then i said that there are many names for covenant which treaty is part do you know that all the people that are part of nato if you attack one you have attacked all the reason why people enter into covenant please because the reason why people enter into covenant is because of protection and security when somebody why is it that the u.s cannot come to nigeria and say that Nigeria, all your oil, we are going to take it. The US Army, these people can destroy Nigeria within a blink of an eye. But why is that they are not going there to take their possession? They need more oil in their country. Why is it that they are not going to take that oil? Why? Have you asked yourself those questions? Why? Because they are part of a certain group. Do you know why people enter into covenant? I'm giving you wisdom. This is an ancient wisdom. It will stay with you for long. Hey, the wisdom to enter into covenant is that when you see you are weak, look for a higher power and submit yourself under it. The reason why many people enter into covenant is because they measure themselves and they see that they are weak so they look for higher power and engage themselves with these higher powers now when you attack them the highest the higher power will come after you are you getting the whole concept it but squad now this squad no seniors Oh, come and pay on the bounce. It's because of that. 
We are senior, big crowd team are coming because make a falling squad. No, are you getting the whole concept? So the reason why people enter into covenant is this reason. Nigeria is part of a certain institution. They are part of certain organizations. So when you attack them, everybody that is part, the treaty is that they will fight you. If you attack Israel, U.S. will come after you. Now, when you go to the NATO, they have 31 members. 31 members. 31 members. And each one of them, the date and the time they joined, they have stated them. Even the man they joined, they have stated them. If you don't know and you attack them, you attack any one of them, they will come after you. Do you know what the NATO they say? They say the NATO membership is open to any other European state in a position to further the principles of this treaty and to contribute to the security of the North Atlantic area. So the reason why you are coming is that you, are about, you, 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 you want to further the principle of, that, of the treaty and also to contribute to the security of the North Atlantic. If they attack one, they have attacked all. This is the wisdom. Until they what you want, and I will feel for my four bull. Find a higher power and join. Are you following? So you know that the United States of America in 1949, I think they were the, even the first people who started the whole thing. United States, United Kingdom, um, Portugal, Netherlands, Luxembourg, Italy, Iceland, all of these people started in 1949. So this group comprises 31 members. If you attack one, you have attacked all covenant. So the reason why people enter into covenant is because of protection and security. Until you find somebody who is strong, you submit. Are you following? <laughs> Are you following? 31 members. So today, if you don't have strength, go and find higher power. 
a man of God anointed, a church anointed, covenant with the church. When they attack you, the covenant of the church will come after them. Hey, I think, was it two days ago? The things we did, was it yesterday morning? The covenant we did, people don't understand. No? They don't understand. Those people that covenanted with me, if anything should come against them, the altar that stands with me in my ministry will come for them. So you must find a higher power to subscribe to. So if wisdom, the first thing you must do is to find higher power and covenant with it. Are you following? So protection and security. Number three, business partnership. The reason why people enter into covenant is for business partnership. You perceive business. Say business, business partnership. So they will enter into covenant, and we 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 define covenant to you in the beginning. I remember it's a binding contract. So you cannot say that. And we have two parts: the bilateral and the unilateral. Now, in terms of business, it is what buy two people. So it means that you are obliged to do something. And me too, I am obliged to do something. If I fail, the covenant, the laws, binding the covenant, it will come after you. It means that I can arrest you. So people enter into, co- into covenant when they want to do business. So that they will not have fear that their partners will leave them. Number four, power. It has a link to the protection and security. Power. A man for petumia omokwapam. Now Abraham was powerful because Abraham has covenanted with God. So if you touch Abraham, you have touched God. If you curse Abraham, you have cursed God. Are you getting it? If you bless Abraham, you have blessed God. And the blessings of him will bless you. He said, I will curse those who curse you and bless those who bless him. People of God, covenant is powerful. I know what I'm telling you. Covenant are powerful. I told you, I will give you a, 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 a mystery. Do you know that there is a covenant that holds the stars and the moon? And the sun. And I told you that it is called the Solanic Covenant. You will not hear it anywhere, but I don't know. Maybe I said foundations new year. Me we are not material signal for me. Me me to 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 money money musa. Are you following? Yes, sir. I will enter into business with mommy Harriet then because of covenant so that there will be no cheating. There is fidelity. So that there be apam 
Somebody say apam. So there is no cheating. There is fidelity. That is the business partnership. And number four, I said power. So imagine with a, a basic understanding. Example: Adia Pena is powerful in Ghana, and I want to become powerful. What do I do? The most powerful person in Ghana is Adia Pena. Me too. I want to become powerful. What should I do? I have to. Do. I have to go to enter into covenant with Adia Pena. So, yes, say. Um, oh, Michelle Kaime, I say, won't you mean in two or more? What do I know? Most of them come away, you better work. I'm what I see me a worker. I say, won't you mean two or be a say, oh, joining or said they are more or more cat and be as okay. Oh, be as a won't you mean or no? I also join in. If you can't beat them, join them. God bless you. If you can't beat them, join them. It is a knowledge that everyone must understand. You have started a ministry. Your, your ministry is not doing well. Go find a ministry that is doing well. Covenant with that ministry or the leader of that ministry that every month or every three months or every six months or every year, I will raise huge offering and I'll bring it to you in connection to a covenant to my church. This one is a covenant to a higher power. They are not obliged to do anything for you. But you have an understanding that when you connect with them, there is a blessing yes. that will come upon your church. Yes. You want to give birth. It has become difficult. Go look for somebody. Somebody who has given birth to many children. Put money together. Buy children's things together. This is simple wisdom. Covenant. Give it to those. Pray on it. Fast on it. When you are done, go and give it to those people. Let them pray for you. Bro, Be directed by God. You will get pregnant easily without a man of God praying for you. Covenant. You want to give birth to twins? It is simple. Go see a mother with twins. With something in your hand. Something precious. Give it to that mother. Let that mother bless you. You will give birth to twins. The reason why it doesn't happen is because we doubt. We don't believe it. May God help your own belief. So if you see somebody is powerful, you want to become powerful, you covenant with that person. The Bible says that a companion of fool is a fool. 
So if you if you covenant with a fool, you become a fool. If you join with a wise person, you become what? Wise. Nice. The same way a companion of a powerful man is powerful. Yes. Please, are you are you understanding the reasons why we enter into covenant? Yes. Number five, wealth. Wealth. We enter into covenant because of wealth. Example, the Bible says that give and it shall be given to you. And a covenant. But this covenant has got to do with what I said in the Old Testament. The do's and the don't. This one is bilateral. Give and I will give to you. The apodictic law, where I said that the apodictic law requires that you do and you do not. But this one says, give and I will give to you. And in your giving, it must be of a good measure. Please, are you learning? The Bible says in Malachi chapter 3 verse 10, say, bring all your tithe to the storehouse so that there will be meat in my house. Say the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the heavens. So, if you want to be rich, I'm telling you a simple. Like me, I am wealthy. Yes, I don't throw money anywhere. If you want to be wealthy, eh? If you want to be wealthy, it is simple. Open your hands. Open it, number one, to the kingdom. Establish something to the kingdom of God. Most people open their hands to the world and they think, oh, I am doing good, though. I am taking care of the poor on the street. Listen, somebody did that, but the person died at their younger age. It is not about doing good to the poor. Having the understanding about what God wants you to do. Number one, you must live right before you begin to do something right. And when you are doing something right, that writing must first have something to do with kingdom before the world. Think first about his kingdom before you do other things. Some people will never give their money to pastors to eat or to spend. Some people will never give their money to church because they will tell you that the church has not done anything for them. They don't know. They don't understand. But they will give their money to people on the street and they think that they are helping people who are poor. It is good to do that. But listen, if your money does not support anything kingdom, whatever you are doing is not known. Amen, Auntie Josephine. Are you learning, people of God? Yes, sir. Okay. Can I continue? Yes, sir. So, wealth. Number six, it gives guarantee that the covenanters cannot change their mind. So the reason why people enter into covenant is because of guarantee. Will you give me the guarantee that you will not change your mind? That's why I have to enter into covenant with you. Covenant is powerful. Carol, covenant is powerful, I tell you. I said covenant is powerful. Guarantee, guarantee. It gives guarantee that the covenanters cannot change their mind. 
Okay, now let me show you this. There was a man called Cyrus that was not even a child of God, yet built a house for the Lord. He said, the God of the Jews commanded me to build. Somebody open the book of Isaiah chapter 45 verse 1. Isaiah chapter 40. Master, covenant are powerful. This man didn't know God. But the man did something for God. You don't get it. You don't get it. You don't get it. You don't get it. Thank you, Father. Isaiah chapter 45 verse 1. Has somebody opened that place? Isaiah. Isaiah 45 verse 1. Isaiah chapter 45, verse 1. This is what the Lord says to Cyrus, his anointed one. How can God call Cyrus his anointed one? Do you know what Cyrus did? This man Cyrus is not a child of God. But the Bible says that he built a house for the Lord. He said that God of the Jews commanded me to build him a house in Jerusalem. The man built a church for God. He was not born again. He was not a child of God. He built, he built a church for God in Jerusalem. Now when it came to Isaiah chapter 45 verse 1, the Lord now said, this is what the Lord says to Cyrus. His anointed one. Hey. This man was not a child of God. But God is now referring this man his anointed one. There is an anointing that come on covenanters. People who engage themselves in covenant. There is an anointing on their head. When Black Sheriff says that there is oil on his head. People don't understand. There are people they don't know God. God like you know, but they have obeyed God in a way. And it has entered into covenant. Now, this man Cyrus didn't, didn't, didn't. What's it? The Lord's chosen one, Cyrus. This is what the Lord says to Cyrus. His anointed one, whose right hand he will empower. Before him, mighty kings will be paralyzed with fear. Their fortress gate will be open, never to shut again. This is what the Lord says. I will go before you, Cyrus, and level the mountains. I will smash down gate of bronze and cut through bars of iron. I will give you treasures hidden in the darkness, secret riches. I will do this so you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, the one who calls you by name. And why have I called you for this work? Why did I call you by name when you did not know me? Have you seen that? You did not know me, but I call you by your name. It is for the sake of Jacob, my servant. Israel, my chosen one. I am the Lord. There is no other God. I have equipped you for battle. Though you don't even know me. Hey. even know me but i have equipped you because of jacob because i had a covenant with jacob and you are a descendant of jacob so i also have a covenant with you why because i told abraham 
that if your descendant will obey me, then my covenant will be fulfilled. Mm. How did Cyrus obey God? He built a house for God. Mm. Can you build a whole church for God? Having my hope. Listen, you have a covenant with God. I see your money building churches for God. I see your money taking care of certain men of God in ministry. I see your money sending men of God to even Bible school. I see a certain man of God. A certain man of God. I see that man of God even in Bible school. And that your money sponsored that man of God. Assemblies of God. Listen, you have a covenant with God. And today, I stand on this altar and make this declaration. Because of your covenant, every attack on your finance, that attack is lifted today. Amen. God, you don't understand what is happening. Or say, yes, please, it is true. What have you done for God that you want to enter into covenant with God? Mm. People of God, don't just listen to this message. Step out and enter into covenant with God. Begin to do something. Mommy Harriet, you have a covenant with God. Even the money that was left in your account, you gave all this money out to help people. To support God's way from your youth up, you have loved God. I saw you even sponsoring people to go to places to pray. You were one day standing in the rain, it was raining. Ah, 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 ah. I saw something on this lady's waist, and so put them now. It is getting extreme here. He is a covenant keeping God, yes. keeping his covenant to even a thousand generations. Yes. This woman was standing in water and she was speaking in tongues. Mm. She was praying whilst it was raining. Mm. Mm. Any cry that keeps on happening in the family, in your life, that tears are over. Amen. Thank you, Father. He is faithful, he remembers his promises. This is God speaking. I say, I don't know you, Cyrus, but because of Jacob, my covenant will speak for you. I have equipped you for battle. Though you don't know, you don't even know me. So all the world from east to west will know there is no other God. I am the Lord and there is no other. I create the light and make the darkness. I send good times and bad times. So when God said he sent bad times, 
don't get it wrong. He allows it. Bad times are there, but God can permit it in your life. But listen, because of the covenant God has with you, bad times will not be permitted in your life. Bad times will not be permitted in your life. Only good times will happen. Apam. Apam. It's powerful. Oh, Jesus, my time is almost up. Do you know that? Joshua was compelled to fight beside Gibeon because he had made a covenant with them. God told them that these people are not supposed to enter into covenant with any nation. But Joshua entered into covenant with the Gibeonites. And because he made a peace treaty, go read Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 10, verse 1 to 10, and Joshua chapter 10, verse 24 to 25. You will see it. Because these people entered into peace treaty, do you know why they entered into peace treaty with Joshua? Because the Gibeon saw that they were small. So they entered into covenant into, uh, with, jo- with Joshua. Although God told them, don't enter into covenant with any one of them. But these people were wise, the Gibeons. They came and entered into covenant with Joshua. Do you know that because of this covenant, some people arose against the Gibeonite. But Joshua was compelled to fight and deliver the Gibeonite. That was the battle that Joshua commanded the son. Huh? What's today? Aye. Aye. He commanded the son to stay. That was that battle. It was not his battle, but he was compelled to fight beside the Gibeonite because he has entered into covenant with them. Hey, people of God, today, Radimu and you be a good one in the choir. Pam. A pumping who? People must be compelled, the spirit, even angels, even altars, they must be compelled to defend your house. Master, after this service, find a place and partner with. Don't just be a normal person. Pray to God, direct me to a place to partner with. You may not be able to do it week. You may not be able to do it maybe a month. You may not be able to do it maybe two weeks or something like that. But maybe you may do it three months, three months. Maybe you may do it half of the year. It is your understanding. But do it from your heart. 
The man had entered into covenant with the Gibeonite. So when the Gibeonite were attacked, the man was supposed to go and defend them. And to say, when you do compared to doing if I'm joining you, the reason why church is very, very important because church is a covenant place. Are you following? Church is a covenant place. The unbeliever relate to God on the basis of grace and mercy. But the mature believer relate to God with covenant. If somebody is an unbeliever, he always pleads for mercy. Or immature, he always asks for mercy. But the mature believer enter into covenant with God. He relates with God by entering into covenant. Five kings. So they brought the five kings out of the cave, the kings of Jerusalem, Hebron, Jamut, Lachish, and Eglon. When they had brought these kings to Joshua, he summoned all the men of Israel and said to the army commanders who had come with him, come here and put your feet on the necks of these kings. So they came forward and placed their feet on their necks. Covenant upon Joshua entered into covenant with the Gibeonites. The Gibeonites were, were wise. Say, please, we want to enter into covenant with you because you saw your own thing. Ampa, a man from one Kobo man can talk about Now go and attack Israel. You will see what US will do to you. Go and attack them. You will see what US will do to you. You think Ghana is just here? Come and attack Ghana. You will see what will arise against you. Find a place and covenant with. So that the altars will defend you. You are empty. Why is that? Find a higher power and covenant with. That's why spiritual or covenant fathers are very important. But when you are serving them, to don't be there empty. Do something. God willing, tomorrow morning, I will teach about the elements of covenant. I will teach. And I will teach about the seven basic covenants. And I will talk about the Solanic Covenant, the one I was talking about. The Lord bless you. Amen. The Lord increase you. Amen. The Lord favor you. Amen. Tonight, I pray for you. As you are about to pray, before you enter into covenant, I pray in the name of Jesus that the Lord will open your eyes Amen. to a better covenant Amen. which will help and support you Amen. in the name of Jesus. Amen. The Lord bless you for tonight. The app is shutting down. So the Lord bless you. We will meet God willing tomorrow morning, 6.30 a.m. And tomorrow I will expand the teachings even more. The Lord bless you and favor you in Jesus' precious mighty name. I am the prolific George McEagle. And I'm joined together with Charles, Reverend Charles, and Caroline. Until we meet God willing tomorrow, 6.30 a.m. The toffee bring it tomorrow, okay? Bring it tomorrow. Don't bring it tomorrow morning. The Lord bless you because the app is shutting down. I love you all, but Jesus loves you more. Until we meet again, bye bye.